Welcome back, Josh. It has been an incredibly long time, possibly too long, but we are back in the game um, with the Modern Game Podcast. Um, we start the new year off with a bang, and what better topic to talk about than capped mode, which will be with us in less than a month. Not long now. Um, yeah, not long at all. Um, I think I've been, I've started to think about it more in the last couple of weeks. And, and I do admit, I, I did buy a couple of players that I hope will be useful for Caps. But I'd like to start off by sort of highlighting an observation that I've seen, which I actually find really, really interesting when it comes to cat mode, is that I'm seeing quite a few people share their threshold teams on Twitter, and I fear that there's quite a lot of people out there that haven't really fundamentally understood the difference between old threshold and the new way of winning threshold in capped. Um, you know, just a quick summary for anyone listening today that that hasn't dove into the the rules and regs when it comes to the new capped mode 240 is that. It's taking cues from basketball. Um, you know, that, that I've been playing that game. Like I haven't invested in basketball, but I have been playing the common um, game just to sort of get in the sort of swing of playing these capped modes. But what's the interesting thing about it is that, you know, you have a maximum points allocation that you can spend, and that is 240 points. And you essentially won't win a prize, any prize, um, you know, either the threshold or otherwise, if you don't go above, above 250. So, you know, by the very composition of that rule set, you, know, you are only going to win if your players outperform their L15, Indeed. which is just so, so different to threshold before, because threshold before was like, you just wanted players like, you know, Max Kakare was like a great example of it, albeit under 23. The players that just never really do anything, like they're, they're between like 52 and 58 every game. And it's just like, if you look on their survey data chart, it's just a line of green in the middle of the page. Like those were the absolute perfect players for um, old threshold. I'll say it now, yeah. they will be absolutely useless. <laughs> like, and, and it's what's been quite interesting. I've seen so many people sharing their threshold teams for capped and then oh this person's you know I, I can get this team in under under 240 and it's like okay you can do that now for one week for one week maybe maybe not even one week because they're 240 at the beginning of january they might not be 240 at the end of january and it sort of fundamentally overlooks like this game you you only win if you outperform your l15 so if you manage to pick a bunch of players that are really really good and you know you've maybe got people coming back from injury or you know you think that the prospects over the next bunch of games are much better than their last 15 then that's brilliant but that will only last you for a couple of weeks at best and then the cap of your team is likely you know, the, the l15 of your team is likely to exceed the 240 cap so I've seen a lot of people being like, here's my threshold team. And I'm like, okay, well, that, you know, that's only five players. Like, that's not going to last you at yeah. all. Like, the way, you know, for me, this is this is all about depth and matchups and 
you know, bringing in players that, you know, you used to wouldn't touch with a barge pole at <coughs> Denzel Dumfries. Um, but now, you know, in a spot where you think Dumfries has got a really good fixture, you know, like Inter Spezia or something like that, suddenly Dumfries is, you know, going to, you know, the chances of him outperforming his L15 is, is really high. But those type of players have really high variance. And in order to outperform their L15 some weeks, they're going to have to significantly underperform their L15 and others. So I just, yeah, I'd love to get your thoughts on it. For me, I just think that the depth factor of being able to challenge for threshold at any level for, you know, a concerted period of time, it just seems to be massively overlooked. Or maybe I'm just following a bunch of morons on Twitter. Who knows? <laughs> no, I've also seen a few people post their, their, their new threshold lineups. And yeah, I think it's just completely flawed logic, isn't it? You Either your team... Um, you know, does really well, like you say, and then after a game or two games, they've exceeded 240 cap and you can't use them anymore, or they don't do very, they, you know, or, you know, they just, they hit their L15s and they, you don't win any prizes. So I think, um, you know, you, you are going to have to be forever, um, adjusting and, um, you know, adding new pieces to your, to your threshold chasing lineups, um, in order to, you know, con semi-consistently. Um, beat the 250 score because you know it's not it's not going to be easy i think it's it's going to be tricky right and you're gonna i think one thing we'll probably talk about a little later is you know like the the cheat codes the 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 l15 dmps that are you know now going to return which i think is going to be you know if you're going to want to win anything in cat mode in in well especially limited but probably in rare mode as well um you're going to need at least one of those guys in your lineup each week you know um Absolutely. Because it, and you know it just it just frees you up for a lot more for a lot more space, doesn't it? If you're only having to make you know two forty points out of four players instead of out of five, that is a that's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. You know you can have a you can have four L four you know L L fifteen sixties and then one L fifteen zero. You know that sort of lineup would yeah. probably win you a, a decent card in. In all star, maybe you know, or, or whatever. So, um, well, you and I, mate, mark our calendars for the week that Nico Mantle gets his first exactly rather than right. any games. Because if you know, like you say, there, like you know, he's going to take a zero point cap hit on, yep. on your team, so then you can put a DMP like DMP over the last 15, like you know, he's going to play the first game for Alborg. Yep, you're using zero points. If he gets a clean sheet, you're plus 60 on your cap average. Like, which is just going to be massive. And then if your other four players end up putting up a big score, then, you know, you've got to be in the mix. Like, what I'm really, really interested to see is, like, what is a points total that wins capped? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's going to be bigger than what people expect or what we expect, for sure. Yes, it is, it is. But then I think what's also interesting as well is you've got no capped in, no scarcity bonuses. So what I'm I'm really interested to see is what the what the score required to win is because there's no captain bonus, no XP. So, you know, it really is, you know, getting that edge, getting those couple of extra points from here, you know, getting you know upside from players that maybe have a low L15 is gonna be massive. And like you said, those players that are coming back from injury, you know, are maybe had a transfer and they've gone from being a, a backup to a starter, particularly in the context of goalkeeper, it's going to be huge. And like you have to just say now is, you know, you're not going to win. If there's a week where, you know, Nico Mantle, for example, if there's a week where you know Nico Mantle's going to play and he's a zero point cap hit, 
if you're playing Mantle, the chances of you winning is, is I think, close to zero. Yeah. So there's a couple of variables here for me around, you know, what are the prizes? You know, we know that if you get to 250 points, you hit the threshold at the different scarcities. But we also know that Sora now have all the prizes that they used to give in Specialist and Underdog available to move into Cat. And my sort of expectation is that they are moving those those in. So, you know, there's, there's potentially quite a few prizes available. Um, the challenge then becomes is how much do you try and trade in and out to maintain those big hitting teams? Because if you look at basketball, when, when you see the projections and there's a guy who's got like maybe an L10 of like two and he's projected 20, like people pile into that like you don't believe and like the spikes like players can like four or five yeah. X within a week. And then okay. you've got a decision to make of like, are you gonna go and play with that player? Because if you don't, the chances of you winning is really low because that's like the player of the week. But then if you do play it and you don't win because your other four players don't hit, then you're probably gonna be left holding the bag on a player that's you know not gonna reach that same sort of value again for a while it creates these really sort of unsustainable spikes in, right. in value. And I think that, you know, the way that I've tried to approach this is I'm like, yes, I want some of those players, but at the same time, I want to try and get players that I could use in other teams afterwards, particularly in super rare, because I was like, I don't want to like, you know, the liquidity in the, in the lower scarcity cards is inherently lower. And it might be a challenge to resell stuff afterwards. So, like, you know, I grabbed Kofi, for example. And the way I sort of looked at it is Kofi's got, an, at this moment in time, has got an L15 of 39. By the time Capital right. comes around, it's probably not going to be 39. You know, it might be low 40s. True. So that's still under the average. You need to basically maintain, like, mid to upper 40s average per card each week to regularly play um, specialists. Uh, sorry, regularly yep. play uh, uh, Capital. But I felt like he was a, a useful signing because, you know, I could use him in Challenger afterwards. And I'd be quite happy using him in Challenger afterwards. But what I think is, um, you know, potentially a risky strategy is, you know, trying to jump in on these sort of meta players each week if you don't have a spot to use them afterwards. Because sure. then it becomes like, you know, if you've got a budget to spend, whatever budget that is, you do risk potentially diluting the strength of your normal teams because you're chasing threshold. And I just think that you're going to have to constantly refresh that. Like the way I'm looking at it is I've like I've got a couple of players that I think have got a really low L15 that could be useful for capped. And my intention is to try and use them for as long as I can. But I'm still realistically I'm probably gonna have to be trading in and out of one or two players a week if yep. I want to try and maintain capped and be competitive which then yes you can do that in limited quite easy because you know you can sell and you can make that call of like okay well if i buy this player then maybe i can resell it for x i bought it for y then my delta is this and then i'll actually you know if i can win a prize then it, it makes sense but you know what i'm really intrigued about is your approach to the different scarcities because I know you're someone as well that has a lot of super rare cards. You know, I, yeah. I've not actually bought many super rares for this, but I did look at my gallery and I'm like, I've got a lot of quite stinky super rares that I've been holding on <laughs> for quite a while that might actually be useful now. Um, you know, like one player, for example, like Aaron Long, like he was absolutely abysmal at Red Bulls last season because Red Bulls under Struber were just playing long ball football. 
and he just got killed by possession loss every game. But it looks like he's going to LAFC now. So suddenly, like, you know, he was someone that I may have tried to offload at the beginning of the MLS season, but now I'm looking at him and going, you've got a really trash L15, and the likelihood of you outperforming that at a new club is quite useful. So then he becomes, I think, what, you know, maybe for five, six games, becomes someone that could be quite useful for me in in um, Threshold Super Rare. Um, but I'd be really intrigued because I think, you know, you've got you know, even more Super Rares than myself. Like, I'd love to know how you're thinking of approaching the different scarcities and and, and, and sort of, you know, will you target caps in Super Rare or will you continue to focus on D2? Yeah, okay. So I think without seeing the prize pool, I don't know if I'm going to play limited capped mode. I think probably I will not because it probably won't make too much sense to like, I'll probably end up with a load of limited cards and a load of bad limited cards. And then like not, I'll just like lob a lineup in capped mode each week. It probably won't hit the cap each week. And I'll probably be like a losing limited cap mode player, right? I'll, you know, I'll just build a lineup and then I'll like maybe win a couple of cards or maybe hit the cap a couple of times, but then struggle to sell the players and end up with them being less valuable than when I bought them, basically. is mm -hmm. where I think it will probably happen. Unless yeah. the, just because I probably won't put as much time into the limited mode as mm -hmm. I will the others, right? Um, unless so they've the, got star rares in the prize pool, right, you're exactly, back in. Exactly, yeah. right? So if, yeah. if there are star rares in the prize pool, um, even probably, even yeah, I guess even just for the podium, I probably will play it reasonably seriously and dedicate a reasonable amount of time for it, just because the outlay it likely to build a, a competitive lineup is probably going to be pretty low compared to what the potential price could be. You know, if you're hitting a star rare in in limited caps, you can probably stick a team together. You know, even if um, you know, say for that first week, you do need a Nico Mantle or another, you know, L fifteen zero. That card in limited is still only going to be worth, you know, probably like. 0 0.05, 0 0.1 max, right? And a star rare could potentially be one eighth. So you probably stick a, you know, worst case scenario, stick a very competitive specialist uh, cap limited mode together team for like 0.2, like absolute worst case scenario. And then your potential prize is, is obviously going to be quite bigger. And yeah, obviously, if you don't win, then, um, then yeah, the, you're probably left holding the bag. But like like you say, you can always recycle those players into other modes. Um, or well. the spike. I think that the way that the cap is set up, and this is probably going to get us a lot of hate from, from limited fans out there, but the way that cap is set up, I think it's easier for someone like us to compete on a small budget, knowing the game, knowing how the scores go, and saying, you know what, I'm just going to buy a team for one week, than specialist, where in specialist, you needed that big, like over 60-point yeah. player. You needed that messy, that Neymar type, which... I just, you know, had no intention of ever buying in limited because I didn't seriously compete in limited. Whereas now, it's not about that. Like you, you won't need those cards. You won't be able to use those cards without significantly compromising on the rest of your squad. So I think that it actually, although it's more difficult to hit every week, it makes it easier for players that are not competing at that level to trade in and out of, but exclusively at limited. Because yeah. I think like trading in and out of rares and super rares is, is not a That's valuable strategy, or not a viable strategy, and you'll be left holding the bag on those. Yeah. But I think in capped limited, you know, I've grabbed a couple of players that I think could be useful. And the only reason I've done that is because I had a couple of goalkeepers like Kofi and Stuver at Austin FC 
who are quite low L15 and could be useful in caps. And I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I'll I'll throw a couple more, um, couple more quid at this, and I'll and I'll get a couple of players that I, I think could be useful. But I think I will. I will the reason I've done that is because. I will make that call on how seriously I take it, much like you. Once I see the prize pool, yeah. but if it's if it's just like competing for you know was it five dollars worth of ETH a week, and there's no like big upside in it, I'll probably just leave it and focus on the highest yeah. density and just focus on being strong in the divisions that I play normally. Because like you said, otherwise you're going to be end up having to spend a load of time trading in and out, and likely be end up holding stuff that will be worth less than you pay for it. If, you, if you're trying to buy in the week before. And the challenge is, right, is, you know, you're going to have to buy in the week before a lot of the time. Of course. You can't, yeah, yeah. you can't predict what a player's LP is going to be mm -hmm. four weeks into the future. Exactly. You know, you can grab a couple of players, like, don't get me wrong, like, there's Nico Mantle, there's Joe Paolo, who's coming back from an ACL in Seattle in, Seattle in the MLS. You know, yep. they don't have a game before cat mode starts. So whatever is the first week that, that Joe Paolo's back in the squad, you know he's going to be the meta because he's capable of hitting 60-plus points in that yep. side. Um, you know, there's, um, what's the word, Jack Price as well at Colorado. There's a bunch of these, like, MLS guys that are coming back from fairly long-term injuries that could be really useful. But they're only going to be useful for one week yes. because then their L15 can reset because it's calculated based on the average of the games played, not the average of 15. Um, and they become really unsustainable. So then what I've looked at is players that have just been like the, the ones that have the longest like shelf life. And there's a weird way to describe it, but the ones that have the longest shelf life are the ones that have just been riding the bench for like months. Yeah. You know, like Maximiliano Romero at racing. Um, Capetti's just gone to MLS to Charlotte, and Romero is expected to replace him as the number nine. In his last 15, I think he's got like 13 sub appearances of like sub 30 scores, one goal, and one DMP. Right. Like that is perfect because it's going to, even if he goes on a run of smacking a load of goals, it's going to take ages for his L15 yeah. to, okay. to drag it up. So I think those type of players are really, really useful. And that's like if you're trying to forecast and you're trying to play ahead. You know, those guys could be quite useful, but you'll only be able to do that with two or three max players. Yeah. You're still going to need to be reactive and you're still going to need to fill a team in the week of the, um, you know, the, the, the week game that week. you want to play, yeah. uh, knowing that, you know, what is your max 240 cap? You know, who can you fit in there? Who's got a good fixture? And those are the ones that are just going to be like, you know, because there will be one, right? Every yeah, week yeah. there's going to be like one or two yeah. players that everyone's like, oh, you've got to get this guy. If you don't get that guy, you're not going to win. And then, the, you know, the demand on those players is just going to go. Boop. If the so, prizes are good. Which if the prizes are good, yeah. Which I'm, uh, I mean, like, I'm, almost, it's, I'm almost assuming they are going to be rewarded at Star Res there just to get that, like, hype yeah. into the market for the limited cars. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it would be... A, I, I feel like this would have been a really good opportunity to sort of cleanly separate it because the question I have is if limited is rewarding star rares, is rare rewarding star super rares? Is super rare rewarding star uniques? Like it, it doesn't it doesn't scale up effectively. Whereas if it was limited U1 star limiteds, rare you could win some top rares, super rare you could win some top super rares. It it makes it you know it makes more sense and it, and it it helps you strengthen at the scarcity you're playing at, 
Because I think, honestly, I think like the progression aspect that this was pitched as is a bit of a fallacy because everyone that I saw hit big on Limited, like, you know, people that are winning Messi with a 34 quid team, they just sold it and took that money straight out. Like, very few people I went, I saw and went, you know what? Yes, I've won a Messi. I'm going to now build a PSG stack. Like, it just (laughs) didn't happen. Like, people were just like getting lucky in one week rinsing a ridiculous ROI for one week and and you know I'd love to actually this is obviously my perception I'd love to see some data to understand like did anyone that won big on Specialist Limited actually progress um yeah. because I think it just warps everything otherwise right and it, it ends up dragging players like us down rather than encouraging us to stay at rare and super rare and leave like limited because limited caps should be like the the foothold like the stepping stone into sure. the game right it's where you can play affordably cash. yeah so yeah, i'm just intrigued to know what they do there but you know there's there's a lot of vocal limited managers out there who'll probably pick up a right yeah, fuss if we'll the star down down i think yeah. what what i think would be perfect is if they had Obviously, like the limiteds win limiteds and whatever, but the you know top the podium or the top ten, the top twenty, whatever, get tier three or two rare cards, because then you know you win enough of them, you have got and you know those tier three and two uh, tier three and twos aren't going to have outrageous L15s. You win enough of those, you can then step up to cap rare, and that you know then you've got you maybe got like a you know three or four bits of a team there with with the prizes you've won. You don't have to make such a big outlay. So I think that I think that would be like the most. And again, like you can do that with rare because the supply constraint super rare. You know, the reason we can't get tier zero super rares in the rare one is because there isn't there isn't enough supply of tier zero tier zero super. Exactly. So mm-hmm. you know, again, you could do that at rare level. You know, top 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 rare wins get your star rare, and then your your tier two or tier three super rares on top, and do that sort yeah. of double. You know, I've never really been a fan of the double card wins, but I think in the cap modes where you're supposed to be like encouraging progression rewarding top tier of the higher scarcity doesn't work because like you say people just are just like wow i've won this card it's worth five grand i'm just going to sell it and you know take some money out or or whatever and try and do it again but you know if you stagger it and like I that it works. i think as well as it warps it because say for example the reason specialist was like rare for example was so trash was there was maybe like one tier one super rare and then a couple of tier two super rares and then because they didn't want to mix the scarcities of the same tiering because it would cause some weird what like hang on a minute i got a tier two rare that was worth more than that tier two super rare the next day like when they went like two scarcity prizes in the same division it would go like tier one super rare tier two super rare tier three rare yep rather than having like tier two rares yeah. So you just end up creating this, like, at the higher levels, it creates this really warped pricing structure, which just meant that most people were like, oh, I can't be asked. I, I, like, I'm not, like, the chances of me winning the one good prize in Specialist Rare this week is, is so unlikely that I'm not going to do it, because otherwise you're going to end up, like, holding it down. But I think that, like, the way that cap mode works, what you've suggested there makes so much sense, because also as well, they're putting prizes of two competitions into one. Yeah, as well, right? Exactly. So they've got underdog and specialist price allocations that are now go, you know, in theory should go into capture 40. Yep. And if they were just restructure it in that way, then, you know, you are essentially fees, you, you are facilitating progression in two ways is you can facilitate progression from someone going from like 
cap 240 limited to limited all star which you know you could consider if you want a star or a t1 limited and then you're giving lower tier rares that allow that person to consider capped 240 in red. Right. I just think like the, the jump from you know a very low budget limited team winning a star rare is just so huge that it, it just ends up creating like warp incentives and, and, and sort of piles a load of people down into limited, where actually it might be better for onboarding new users if they want a bunch of us more experienced players that were essentially pushing down because we can see that the ROI there is just ridiculous compared to yeah. the other level. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I agree. Question I think also, is, who, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say the way I was approaching the other scarcities, I think with, with, so the other ones, the ones I definitely am going to play are rare and super rare. Like you say, I've got, I've got too many super rare cards basically, and this I'm hoping will help. Um, actually, that's not. I guess I have too many bad super rare cards. Is what I, is what I mean. Um, so I think yeah. So I think this will help a lot. I mean, the one I was really excited about is uh, Zakaria Labiadis training with uh, Utrecht, who he was at before he went to Ajax uh, under Ten Hag. Also, um, so he's coming back off an ACL, but um, if he's got a, uh, I'll, he'll be the one week wonder. You know, one week where. Uh, I don't well to be honest, I don't really imagine him to do great, but um he will definitely outperform zero, obviously, if he starts for Utrecht. Um so yeah, I've got his I've got his super rare and then a number of a number of others actually. Albert Valchi's just got a bit of an upgrade. He's playing for Luzerne in uh, Switzerland currently, who are not a very good team. Um but Guindo's just been recalled to Salzburg. So I'm expecting Valchi to now play left back, which I think will probably be better than than his situation. He's been on the bench quite a lot. Um but I think he'll probably be the starting left back now, so that's handy. Um mm. And then, yeah, I guess we have to see if Zubaland's anywhere as well, from my super perspective. Uh, if he goes back to Russia, that could be quite tasty. Um, so, yeah, I've got a number of, like, of, of poor super cars that could be coming into a bit more form than they have been. Um, mm. So at least for the first couple of weeks, I will have some some semi, semi-decent lineups there. I might even be able to sell them. And then the rare one, I'm basically just building lots of depth because I think that's just going to be the key, really, you know, just to... Yeah. In and out of matchups and yeah, home and away. I saw um, Economist put up a tweet about home and away fixtures in Cat, which I thought was interesting. Um, mm. Just like That's... some players really do outperform home and away. Yeah, they do. Um, and the MLS like, as oh, well. Like, oh, yeah. Such a big MLS is, is like the league for home field advantage. I remember, I remember seeing something crazy. Like, I think, like, in Europe, typically, the home team wins like between like 38 and 40 percent of the time whereas in mls it's like 56 percent like okay. it was it was huge like the advantage in mls like the home advantage is just more so than any other league because when you think about it it's like you know chelsea flying to st petersburg every yeah. week <laughs> <laughs> game. like you know the geography plays into that massively so I I definitely think that there's there's some use for MLS cards that on the home and away. The other one, um, which I think is really interesting, I've not seen anyone mention yet, but K League, the K League under twenty two rule means that you get these random players that just sub oh, in right. after fifteen minutes. Yeah. Um, if you've got a forward that is one of those like sub in players, in the games they don't hit. You're it's getting like, like 25, 20. 27, 28 mm -hmm. from them, right? And then if they do hit, they get 60. 
So those type of players, because you know consistently that they're always subbing in. Like I had one sang of all sangs last year. Long term, yeah. um, and he was just like always the case for this. But he'd come off the bench after like 23 minutes and then hit a 90. Um, so like, it's those type of players I think are actually quite interesting for this. Um, but obviously, you know, the more they do that, the more they creep up. So, you know, they want, it's not like, like I've not seen a, like there's not a sustainable, like threshold strategy that allows you to play anywhere near the same players each week. It just doesn't like the, the whole fundamental of the way the game is designed is that can't really happen. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, the home and away is really, really nice. I think these like K-League specials that always sub in have definitely got value. And then I just think like, you know, these bench warmers. Like I went out, I grabbed a Maxi Romero rare and super rare. He's still under 23 until the summer. Um, you know, there's not that many great forwards in Argentina. So the way I sort of see him is like, I think he's like low 30s, L15 at the moment. You know, and because he's got so many low scores in his 15, like even, you know, he'll stay low for a while. And what I mean low, I mean more than like 40, less than 45. Right. So I just think that there's so much use there. And then, you know, I've got so many Argentine players that in these odd weeks where it's just Argentina playing in America, then he's a really useful card to have because I, I could put some quite strong lineups. Like sure. I've been having quite a bit of success recently with, you know, these odd weeks where it's like in just Belgium or just Ligue 1. You know, I've been able to grab a couple of T1s in these weeks because my gallery sort of built around like, composites of teams in leagues so that i know that if that league has a week where they are the sort of one of the only ones in their region playing then i can you know really hit so i've tried to sort of build around that and and you know particularly with super rare i've only made i think three acquisitions for my capped squad but the reason i sort of made the decision on that is because i had a bunch of these players that but to be honest, I don't even know why I bought them in the first place because they weren't going to be getting good for me at, at D3. And I wasn't really using, I wasn't really playing D2. So I have, um, yeah, I've, I've made some mistakes over the years with Super Rares that I have acquired, hoping that they would get better. Uh, and they, they did not get better. Um, but now now is their time to shine. You know, that's their time to to pay off the fee that I invested in them with a, with a couple, of, uh, couple of $200 thresholds. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> um, have you um have you gone out like have you bought anyone with capped in mind or are you just looking to use the depth that you already have um i did make a purchase this morning with capped in mind actually uh igor postonski from varazdin um he's had a leg break a lovely little leg break um so <laughs> so yeah that was quite a while ago now so his um his L15 is is still high because he's fast player, takes all their set pieces, etc. So his mm. L15 is still 62, but I don't expect him to be back for another few weeks. And obviously they come back in 338, I think. Um, okay. Yeah. I think uh, Croatia does. So I don't really expect him to be back then. So I think he needs to get another 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11. So he needs another 4 DMPs. Um, so that means anything back from game week 3, 4, 3, I believe. I'll be able to use him with a DMP zero, and I, I don't really expect him back before much before sort of middle of February. 
Um, nice. So I think that should be fine. So yeah, I picked him up. He's like not point. I actually paid like way more than I wanted to. Some other guy ran the auction up, um, but it was like sixty quid or something. So not um, for a rare. So so nothing to break the bank. I think um, it was a, it was a super rare then. I was like, are, are, yeah. the, are the days of super rare bargains over with the new auto bidding that will undoubtedly come across from the NBA at some point? Yeah, I actually did. One of his super rares did go really, really cheap. Um, one of the guys, this, uh, who is this chap? Hang on one second. But there was a super rare that was auctioned recently, 27 days ago. Uh, Mr. Proper, he seems to know something about old Igor because he's got like three rares under the super rare. He got the super f 0.09 so that seems a good pickup there um he is nice. like a legit smasher when he's playing i don't like mm -hmm. he takes all the set pieces for varas din and is a really good player yeah um, but that's the thing like, right it's like if you can get that dmp zero oh sorry l15 zero super rare yep in the week that you can play them the first no week that, them, really basically yeah no but also as well as if you think about it you you got your that should like if you if you manage to not hit threshold with a dmp player that plays then there's something gone horribly wrong yeah it's like almost so, like a penalty kick really isn't it i guess yeah so then it's like okay well you, you know you should get your sort of 200 dollars out of it from that one week and then realistically like say i don't know say the podium gets t1 super rares right completely making this up but sure. your upside in capped super rare for that one week that you can drop in the dmp zero is is pretty significant like so actually then it, it just creates um you know what i quite like about it is because it gives value to super rares you know for ages if you didn't have the big big dog super rares then the, the, there wasn't really any use for them right yeah, yeah that's why sort of specialist rare just stank because you'd win a t2 super rare and you're like oh brilliant everybody wants it um whereas now there will be those weeks where you know somebody will want those players like if they've got a good performance they fit that person's team cap you know they they've got a chance of like performing that l15 and then there is there is sort of demand for that what i find really interesting and what i'm really really excited to see is how many people take capped super rare seriously? Yeah, I get that. Like, how many managers on the game will play that with any sort of degree of um, priority? Yeah, um, I'm guessing like the mega whales will stick their leftovers in there. Is like what I presume. Hmm. Um, but then, like their leftovers are probably still going to be as good as my my first choice super rares. Yeah. But yeah, I think um, <clears throat> I, I also wonder how. I think lots of people will use it just to try and farm that bit of ETH, you know, that bit of Ethereum, basically. But mm -hmm. we'll see. Like I said, I think that'll be completely dictated by the price structure. Yeah. Um, another another good uh, player I have actually is Ivan Neverstitch, assuming that Dominic Livakovic leaves this window, which I think surely he has to, right? I hope he does because I sold to... mine. <laughs> and yeah, I was going to say it seemed to like the room was really heated up, didn't they? And it seemed like he was a dead cert gone in January. Mm. And then it's gone quiet again. So you might have to wait for August for the Nether Stitch to be your really to not. be your uh, your your cap mode hitter. But um, yeah, I just think it's a lot at the moment, isn't there? Like, I, you know, what I find quite interesting is um, not just teams going for players that did well in the World Cup, 
but there also seems to be like increased visibility on like Argentine and Croatian players as a result of the World Cup. Like, you know, I know you, that was was it Orsic was linked to Southampton, but then they got the bid rejected. Like, it appears to be there's a lot of like clubs that are in January going, oh shit, we need some people. Um, oh god, where do we look? And they've gone, oh, Croatia did well at the World Cup. Let's have a look at their best teams. Or, oh, what can we get from Argentina? Like, it it seems to be. Um, yeah, it's a it's a funny one there, um, and then also as well, like we could get people going the other way, you know, these people, these players that, you know, maybe are subs at a champ, champion Europe team that drop down to a challenger team or even go to the MLS, like there could be some absolute cap mode superstars that that come out of the uh, come out of the January transfer window. Yep, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'm going to try and keep my. Um, Keep my finger on the pulse. Like I, uh, there's there's one more player I want to buy for my uh, summer global all star D three lineup. But then after that, I'm actually seriously considering, you know, sort of trading limiteds around cap. Yeah, to those sort of L fifteen zeros because they're fairly predictable, right? Yeah. You know, like you could you could grab a, a handful of Nico Mantles, tuck him away until the end of February knowing that when that game does come, he's going to be the keeper to have in in Limited for that particular week. So I feel that that's, you know, the way I sort of see it at this moment in time is that I will play Rare. Rare will be the one that I sort of can play most seriously because of the depth I have in my gallery. Super Rare, I will play when it makes sense to play. Like, I won't just sort of blindly go in every week. I will look at the matchups and be like, okay, do I think that this week I have a chance? If not, I'll sort of roll them into a D2 side or I'll, you know, break them up into sort of two D3 sides. Um, rare is the one I take seriously. I'm honestly considering whether or not I play limited or trade limited. Because if you think of that limited, it's $5 a week, unless you yeah. have a smash a week and hit an upside. You could probably make more than that trading, to be honest. Um, if you've got something to, to play with from the beginning. So, you know, yeah, I agree with you that, that the um, the prizes will make all the difference. But, yeah, I think that it there is a fairly sort of predictable trading strategy that you could employ around um, these, these... Around the game weeks. Yeah. And, yeah. I think, yeah, I think the sort of... The money ball way so rare have turned the mode like they've done with the NBA. You know, it's all like NBA is mad, isn't it? It's all just find the best projected lineup on so rare and buy the uh, on so rare data and buy the players, right? Is basically yeah. what I don't play NBA, but that's what I'm told yeah. is like I the play legit, the common, I play the, the common digital. version, yeah. right? And I do zero research each week other than logging into my so rare data lineup builder and filtering by who's expected to outperform their L10. And I go, okay, you're on my team, you're on my team, you're on my team, you're on my team, submit. Um, and yeah, but people obviously do that. But then when they're looking at it um, and they're actually playing for real, is they're going, okay, well, this guy's expected to outperform his L10 by 20 points. I'm having him. And they'll exactly. go and buy the limited of that. And it just spirals. Like So what's interesting, though, is, you know, MBA, they have these projections in place. In, in partnership with Rotowire, like, there's not really that in football sure. at the moment. So yeah. I'm intrigued to see how, if we see the same, like accentuated to the same degree, the intensity of this is the player that I want. 
Yes, because if we true. don't have that clear projection and that ranking of this is the best guy for that week, then it, it will require a little bit more research. And anything that requires a little bit more research means that there's fewer managers that are just going to look at a list and go, oh, boom, I want him. So I think that that's going to be the intriguing aspect to it is is how that sort of demand is is influenced. Um, yeah, with NBA, the scoring is more formulaic, isn't it? You know, obviously with like the points and rebounds and and stuff. Um, yeah, and obviously like, and because they project their minutes as well, right? So you, yeah. like projecting of minutes for, for basketball is really common. So then what they're doing is projecting the minutes and then the average score and the the opponent strength. Whereas in football, it's really so many more. It's a lot more difficult to do yeah. that because of the way that decisives can add such a huge variance to the score. Yeah, um, but. How um have you thought about team composition in terms of position? The reason I say this is because whenever I used to hunt threshold on um on the old way, I always loved the double defender and double midfielder approach because they would like tended to be the more consistent players. Whereas now you kind of want a team of fullbacks and forwards, don't you? Because you just want like you want that variance. Like I, was, I dropped a note to De to um, to Laird the other day. So I was like, can we get standard deviation as a filter on server data? You know, you know, you've got the um, player finder feature where you actually can go through and say, oh, you know, what's the average L15? You know, who's got a play, like a match in this game week? I was like, who's got a match in this game week and has a really high standard deviation from their L15? Because those are the players that you want. But the way I was sort of thinking about it is you've got these players like that have that are forwards that have like zero AA game. So they'll keep their L15 relatively low, but then when they act when they get a goal or an assist, they will really spike. Yep. So I've been almost leaning towards a, a, like a double forward strategy because I think the most important players in this game mode are going to be your forwards and your goalkeeper because if, if someone can grab a decisive, it's, it, you know, one decisive in your team makes it, right? Assuming everyone else, assuming everyone else maintains their L15, mm -hmm. one decisive means that you've, you've blown that, that cap out of the water, that you're done. Like, you know, and if you get anything more than that, then you, you're challenging for top prizes. And I just thought that the sort of difference between L15 and upside is greater in goalkeepers and in forwards. You know, whereas defenders and midfielders tend to be a little bit more predictable. They tend to be a little. They, they, their spread of scoring is is far narrower. Um, yeah. No, I think that that's probably fair. I do think, like, obviously, when when you get the defender that gets the DA, they've obviously got. You know, you, you've got a higher chance of hitting a, a monster score rather than just a sixty with your forward, maybe. And obviously, what's, this... uh, what's, what's Owen Vindal's L fifteen, mate? You know, he's uh, he might be a, a capped mode meta for the first couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, could be for sure. Uh, you, you've so got one, right? I do. Yeah, I do. His L fifteen is forty eight. So yeah, it could. Be. I I really. I struggle to play any IX player with any confidence, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, you're right. And also, like Wrench could also be the same. But I'm I'm pretty sure he's injured mm. again. Um, his L15 is only forty, actually. I'm pretty sure he's injured. Mm. Again. I went and um, I I'm gonna be following IX with you this this remainder of the season because well, 
I hope I'm going to be following Ajax because if he gets a transfer <laughs> in the next three weeks, I'm going to be pissed. Um, I grabbed myself an Edson Alvarez card, oh. but not not the current card, Josh. The old one, which is a defender, which means that when he when he gets those juicy clean sheet bonuses, the player will get it, but it won't be represented in his L15 because his current L15 is as a midfielder. So I. I'm all in on Edson Alvarez because if you look at the difference between variants of his midfielder score and his defender score, his defender scores has much, much higher peaks. So I'm, I'm quite looking forward to to playing him in like spots where he plays against like Emin. And, you know, you would hope that Ajax keep a clean sheet, but they, they seem to be allergic to them in the last couple of months. So I'm hoping they can, they can refine form because I think, you know, some of these out-of-position players where their eligibility will be calculated based on the current position score, but you will be able to claim the score of the card that you own. I think that they can be quite fun. Rio Hatate is another one. I grabbed him in limited because his defender score obviously gets clean sheet bonuses. His midfielder score does not. Um, so I think that could be quite exciting is having a couple of these players that you can just use in in good spots for your cap mode because they um you know the upside of, of these different position cards can be can be pretty pretty strong yeah it also looks like i actually gonna sign geronimo really um from villarreal and you know one thing i've just realized i was just looking at geronimo really's um player page Hmm. Guess who on SoRare bought a Geronimo really super rare four months ago? It wasn't. It wasn't uh, one of the Ajax boys, was it? Was it Daily Blind? Daily Davy Clarkson. Was it Clarkson? Ah, oh, <laughs> there we go. Confirmed. This is hot off the press. Fabrizio Romano, eat your heart out. You do not need to do any journalistic work. You just need to follow what Clarkson and Blind are doing on their SoRare team. Um. I mean, he's way ahead of the curve. Like four months ago, uh, obviously suggests they were also in from in the summer, maybe. Wow. But, um, but yeah, so that that move looks like it's it's. <laughs> so, Josh, I'm not going to publish this for a couple of hours. So, make your really purchase now. Um, what's yeah, what's Rooney's L15, Josh? Yeah, that's a good. Probably higher than Passy's, to be fair. He didn't play the last one, did he? He's got loads of benches because he. Oh, it's it's fifty five. Yeah, Passy's is twenty nine currently. So. Um, um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. Heard it here first. Um, who else has Klassen been buying? <laughs> that uh, hopefully, hopefully not a left back because otherwise Zindar's in real trouble. No, uh, his most recent purchase actually Dominic Livakovic. Funnily enough. I'm presuming that was to play the World Cup. Oh, wow, he won a Mohamed Salah two months ago as well. Um, mm -hmm. Sergio Roberto, he bought. Who knows? Hello. <laughs> we need to, we need a Soro data watch list for this. Pro, yeah, pro player yeah. purchases. Um, yeah, well, there we go. Do you want to... I, I, it's such an odd signing. Yeah, very strange. I, I really, like... Of all the goalkeepers that I have to go after, I just don't I don't get it. I mean, I can understand why Villarreal are selling because they've got was it Iker Alvarez and Philip Jorgensen who you know both pretty decent young prospects. And do they still have Reina? They do. He played the last game. Papira. Okay, 
So yeah, I guess you know they 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 have plans to bring through one or both of those young players, but it's just a strange one for Ajax, really. Yeah, like, you always associate with Ajax with bringing through young players, and then it's like, oh, we're just going to get another really you know quite old goalkeeper coming to the end. You know? Yeah, I swear, he's only thirty, but yeah, I yeah I do agree. I I think it seems like quite a safe signing. I do worry like. Salary implications for Ajax. Like obviously, he's not going to be. I don't imagine he's going to be cheap moving from from Villarreal. But um, no. is it but if he if he gives us more clean sheets, <laughs> you know, yeah. we're all there for the clean sheet bonuses. Essentially, what Pasphere has done is you know just thrown a couple of games because he knew that Cap Mode was coming, and David Clarkson <laughs> told him all about it, and he said, "Look, lad." We just need to bring that L15 down a little bit, and then we're just going to clean up. So then we can all start feasting when when you're dropped. Yeah, absolutely. Ajax can Ajax are going to play. It's going to eat well for the next couple of months. <laughs> um, Back versus yeah. NEC this weekend, Tex. So I do actually have some nice lineups this weekend, or theoretically you, nice. Yeah. Theoretically nice, anyway. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this weekend for a while. Um, you know, it's got our busy back. We've got Belgium back. You know, I've I've got some some you know fingers crossed decent looking teams. Um, I've I've been doing quite well for the last couple of weeks, but I keep on winning T ones with with points totals that probably really shouldn't be getting T ones. But because it's been some fairly light weeks, um, I am worried that that's given me a little bit of a false sense of security. And I'm and I'm coming into this weekend, you know, thinking yes, I've got this. I've got my strongest teams. I I can. I can do really well, and then, you know, seeing your team that you're you're sticking out in maybe Challenger D3, maybe All Star Rare Pro, um, you know, I'm uh, I'm now not feeling so confident. So you know, let's let's see what this weekend brings. I'm actually for the first time in months, I'm I'm I'm, I'm putting a special Super Rare team in. It's been a it's been a long Ooh. time, um, but. I bought I bought coffee thinking with with an eye uncapped and then I realised that coffee has an L15 of 39 and yeah, having a a a keeper that fits into that under 40 slot on specialist just feels like a an opportunity not to be wasted so I'm using him and and Jasper Darland as my facilitators and then you know dropping a couple of my uh, my super rare super rare guys in because. I've got some questions around Van Kronbrugge, some questions around Carlos Cuesta, who both missed the last game. So normally I would have gone under 23, D3, and Challenger D3, but right. I've got a question on some of the some of the rare cards that I've got. So I was like, you know, actually maybe maybe specialist makes makes sense. Um, the other one is uh, Adrian Treble is somehow got an L15 under 40. So. I've dropped oh, wow. him in my in my specialist rare as well, so I've you know got some got some exciting teams um, for this week. Hopefully, hopefully, but normally whenever I get excited going into a game week, it it, it ends up with disappointment. So. Egg on your face, mate. Egg on the face. Egg <laughs> face. Um, but yeah, I think I'm you know bringing it back to to cap. I am. I am quite excited for Cap, but I I do think even you know it's just you're not going to be able to hit it as regular frequency as you did with no. also mm. um, the sort of the historic threshold. So I am 
you know, although I've talked about depth and knowing the importance of depth, I don't think it's really sunk in how much depth that you know you're need gonna need to, mm. to, to play it regularly. Particularly at Super Rare, right? Like, you know, how yeah. how often you know, Super Rare, like you look at it and you think, Oh, he had two hundred dollars of ETH, like that's a brilliant win for one week. But what's realistic for that? Like if you win it once a month? You know, I certainly don't think you're not going to be hitting it every week, right? Um, unless you've got like a hundred super rares. Yeah. Um, so, but then what's what's the interesting thing there is like, say there's fifty prizes. Do fifty do fifty managers hit threshold? Like, is there is there a scenario where you might not get threshold, but you might get one of the bottom tier prizes because it's a uh, it's a midweek and like, you know, 20 managers can actually put out a, you know, super SI that's, that's actually capable of doing anything. Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, I was just actually having a look back through my challenge Europe super air entrance, um, in the, before the world cup. Um, and like on quite a few of these, <laughs> I, and this is with no cap, bear in mind and a unique playing quite a lot of the time. Um, I, I don't get over 250 points. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, this I think, yeah, like you say, I think Super Res is going to be really tough um, yeah. to, to like consistently hit that. Mm. Um, actually, I do, I do get uh, probably like eighty percent of the time I do get over two eighty. But yeah, like I say, it's with it's with no cap and captain and, and XP, a captain and XP and a unique playing. Yeah, so um, mm. yeah, how many times I'd actually hit? That's actually a really good point because like quite a lot of them i'm just scraping like 300 or just over 300 so without no. the xp and captain that's not going to be enough right no no so yeah but i think this is why you know like i've tried to grab a couple of um argentinian league super rares because there there will be i already have some already so even before cap was announced i had i'd say three strong super super rares from argentina so then the way I'm looking at it is I'm going, okay, well, there's going to be these odd weeks where it's just Argentina. I'll use those super rares mostly that they're the core, they're the foundations of my America Rare Pro and my global Rare Pro teams. Right. But they're all from Copa Libertadores teams. So there's going to be these weeks where, you know, Copa Libertadores is playing and it's only a handful of teams, but America will be open. Cap Super Rare will be open the i feel like there, there's there's potentially an, an opportunity to you know hit decent returns because you know you think about it right if, you know there is such the returns in super are capped are really good yeah before you even think about the the prizes like you know 200 dollars of eth for one week is is a you know decent decent return um but you know you feasibly don't need to win it that often to to, to put in a, a positive return on your investment, which I think is quite exciting. And then if you've got the opportunity to sort of win some more depth as you go, then it gives you that, that choice and the options to, um, you know, to actually sort of maybe win twice a month, for example, or, yep. you know, slightly more. So, and this is it, you know, we're talking about it from a super perspective, you know, obviously none of us are really playing at unique, but like, you know, unique caps. Like, how many people are going to be able to play that? Like, it's going to be like seven managers that can actually, you know, that have got that sort of, you know, level of unique. Like, this is pa it's Pavel's tournament. Unique caps. It is, yeah. He's been waiting he's, for this for, for years. Yeah. Um, I, wonder, I don't know how many uniques he has, but 
must be lots. Yeah. He, but yeah, he's you're absolutely right. Like this is oh yeah, he's got two hundred and sixteen. <laughs> I mean, I doubt all of them. All of them are. Yeah. Eligible How many players got red X's on them? Yeah, there'll be quite a few, but still, yeah. that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I, nice. did you have any other thoughts on Capmo? I think we I mean, maybe have, have covered it. I guess, like I say, just to like quickly summarise, I'm just sort of hitting for depth and and trying to sort of pick players that outperform their old 15s which i guess everyone is yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's the most the biggest tactic for me i guess for me i i quite like it because i you know i i try to play you know under 23 with you know a bit of priority also america and challenger and i think in those leagues you know you can win players that are you know just breaking in or you know you can grab players that have just got a transfer down right you know don't play champion europe you know nobody gets a transfer down to champion europe right but you know there's there's players that i think would you know if i can grab like an under 23 so i bought patrick valamark um yes. the other day a final his l15 is trash solo but what's interesting is he's changed from a midfielder to his forward so he'll yeah. now be, now i can use him as a forward his l15 going forward will be his forward score but what's showing at the moment is his out his what he scored as a midfielder and he also wasn't really starting but he's he sort of seems to have impressed the coach he seems to be in a position now where he's going to be a more regular starter valamark is someone that i can absolutely use in my under 23 size but for a couple of weeks while his L15 is low, then he's someone that I can roll into into my cap rare side. And I think that that's the really, for me, the, the yes, it's it's finding these players that are gonna outperform, you know, but for me, it's, I want, like, I don't think it can be overstated, the risks associated with trading in and out on a regular basis. So what I'm trying to do is when I'm making these decisions of players that I'm like, oh, they could be useful for capped. I'm like, they could be useful for capped and. And if it's not, they can be useful for capped and, I'm kind of staying away from them, particularly at rare and super rare, because then otherwise I'm like, I'm going to end up having a bunch of depth that I actually just can't use anywhere else once their L15 rises. Yeah. Because ideally, right, you're grabbing players like you shouldn't be grabbing players just because they've got a low L15. Like you, no. you, you're yeah. making a bet on them improving their L15. Like you, the worst thing you could possibly do in this scenario is just go out and buy random depth. And because you're probably going to weaken your, uh, your other side, you're going to be left with a bunch of cards that are really not that valuable to you week in, week out. And if they don't actually improve their L15, they're going to suck for cap as well. Yep. So, you know, where I've been, you know, trying to make these purchases is, yes, trying to identify these players that can outperform their L15. And I think that, you know, for me, it's that, that they've either got like a position change that impacts their scoring potential, they've moved club, they've become been injured, or they've been a bench warmer and they're about to become a starter. Like that to me is like the four broad categories. Oh, actually, you know, five they're like Denzel Dumfries and they're either shit or amazing. Like there is no in between. Like there's five broad categories of like how players will outperform their L15. But then for me, it's like, I don't just want to buy a bunch of those 
for no reason. Like I'm trying to employ a bit of strategy to it so that I'm just not left holding the bag on a load of cards that just won't be useful for me in normal gameplay. And I think that's like a huge caveat for me is like thinking of that scenario of like, once this player gets better, how can I use them? Or if I don't plan to use them, do I have an exit route for them? And I think so, the exit route comes a lot easier in limited because there's just yeah, more managers playing, it's lower denominations, like the liquidity is just so much better in limited. But I think if you're a rare manager and you're either like buying a threshold team, and I say that as in like five players, and you think that's gonna cut it, it's not. Or if you're a rare manager and you're going, oh, I just better buy some depth for 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 capped, and you're not thinking about when you could use that player, you know, do they have fixtures in the same game week? You know, what are the fixtures like? Because, you know, ideally you want players that are going to hit in the same game week. Otherwise, you know, if you've got, you know, if you say you get a bunch of these high variance players, and you use Denzel Dumfries as an example, they're great if you can pick the week that they're, they're going to they're gonna smash. Yeah. You know, if you've got five high variance players in the lineup, say, need some stability it's, it, it's, you know, you could get three guys smash, two guys don't, and still not hit the cap, right? You still not hit the threshold. So I think the way that I'm sort of thinking about it is tactical depth. Can I use it? When do I plan to use it in my cap side? And I think that's why these, like, players coming back from injury or players that have an L15 of zero are great because they're injured and they're not playing now, which means that you can essentially buy them a little bit cheaper because there's lower demand. You can use them that one week they come back. And then if they've become a starter and they're a half decent player, then the idea is that they would have utility afterwards that either you could use them or someone else would want to use them yep. afterwards. So I think that that's what for me is like, how that I will try to approach it is stack up a bunch of these coming up from injury players, just sort of put them in the ice box for a while and then like wait for them to come back. Um, and then just look and see what I've got in my gallery that can, that can complement them. I think, you know, the danger, the danger is just going all in on cap and using all the ETH on cap mode, having a bunch of ETH tied up in players that just don't really help your lineups elsewhere. Because, you know, if it's a decision whereby you're saying, you know what, actually I'm, Say you've got, you know, half an ETH to spend. Do you improve your all-star rare side or do you build a cap side? Yeah. Right? Not that I'm, no, I, I actually think you could build a cap side in rare for 0.5 ETH because you're going to need a goalkeeper, right? It's not going to happen. But there will be fewer people in all-star rare in theory, right? Mm -hmm. There will be people that will have to make it, that only have one goalkeeper, that have to make a decision on whether they continue to play all-star out or they go for capped. So in theory, there'll be less competition in all-star air. And I think that, you know, capped is like shiny and great, but if you don't have existing depth in your gallery, that you're like, oh, great. I was waiting for a chance to use that absolute shitter that I've been holding for months and should have sold. Um, then you then you've got to make a real real decision on how you invest in your ETH because you are going to have to keep adjusting that team. Um, and I think that's the sort of thing that has to really be thought about. It's not just depth for the sake of depth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We we shall see. But I think like 
it's going to require a, a different, slightly tailored approach per scarcity as well. If you're someone that is trying to tackle multiple scarcities. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, one to see. Watch this space. We'll have to check back in in two months' time and see. You know, we could be like, oh, just yes. Yeah, I'll definitely. Either that, or you're going to be making bank in super edge auction. You're going to be like, well, look at what I won. Um, yeah. It's probably going to be the, the the former rather than the latter, isn't it? Mm. But we shall we shall wait and see. <laughs> anyway, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, we will have to do this again and get back yes. into the pod on a more regular basis. Um, Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in.